welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, welcome everyone to week two of the fall 2022 communities season. Uh, We are joined today by, drumroll, Hi, everybody. It is Kristen back from her <laughs> adventures in laryngitis. Yeah. Well, not totally not back. Not totally back. So not I sound totally I'm probably a it. little bit different. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. In fact, we're both kind of sick right now. So yeah. It's tis the season. Yeah, yeah. I told her, I told her today, I was like, Kristen, just so you know, I'm getting over a cold. <laughs> and she's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> So, I've been sick for the past like two weeks with pretty much every. We had one week in school. Yeah. One week and took us out for two weeks. Oh, school is. <laughs> I've got four kids in four different schools. So we're pretty much just like sick <laughs> until June every year. There's going to be a good amount of coughing going on during this podcast. FYI. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're and, and Doug's got his karaoke mic this today. Uh, so. Yeah. This is hard. It's a little hard to explain what's going on here. But. I've been working on getting a more professional mic set up in here, but I always forget stuff at home. And so today all I have, I don't have like a mic stand and I don't have an actual podcast mic. What I have is like what he's on a stage singing mic, a stage mic with that. I'm just holding in my hand. He's going to serenade us, everyone. I could do this. I could go. (laughs) All right. Okay. So so, yes. Now getting back on track here. Here we go. Today we have. Uh, a an offering from Kristen. Actually. Well, actually, my sister yes has brought us this gem. Yes, and it is what what is this gem that you? I don't know to? how to honestly say it. Calamansi, Calamansi, Calamansi. The brand is a brand I've never heard of. Sanzo, Sanzo, Sanzo. I'm going to go with Sanzo. I think you're right. S a n z o, and it is Calam and a Calamansi. Go ahead and Google it. It looks like it's, it looks... I've been told it's a melon. A melon? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking citrus fruit. Like It a, does look like a citrus like fruit. Like an orange. Maybe I was... Granted, it's a graphic. Like, it's not like <laughs> it's, like you could be like... I don't think that's a little... Perfect balance. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't ruin it by reading the description. Oh, okay. Well, well no, you're not. Tart lime with hints of tangerine. So, I mean, it sounds good. All right. Yeah. Let's, I'm a little nervous, though. I so won't Google lie. what a calamansi is. And let's go ahead and crack these open. I can't. Ah. I, should, I should. There we go. I should also say that our refrigerator in this office is ridiculously cold. I actually have this, like, fancy mayonnaise, you know, the kind that's actually made with all avocado oil. <laughs> that's it's very a, fancy. Yeah. It's, like, expensive mayonnaise. I have it in there, and it's, like, ice cream in texture. This looks like lemonade. It does look like lemonade. Cheers. Cheers. I don't know why I'm smelling. This is like the not a great week for us to be taste doing tastings, given that. <laughs> giving that, yeah. giving that <laughs> our stuff sinuses have been. Um, oh, that's interesting. I don't know that I like it. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's, it, it's indescribable. You know what it tastes like? A calamansi. <laughs> It's like every calamansi I've ever had. It's it's like um it's like lemonade that you didn't have enough sugar to make. Yeah, there you go. That's what I would say. Uh, mm. 
Yeah, kind of like. I definitely get the lime. Yeah. Not super tender. It's weird. It's very different. Yeah. I don't hate it. It tastes very natural. Yes. Like a spindrift. That's true. Like like spindrift seltzer. She are. actually got this at her at her shop right. Really? She sent me a photo of the seltzer wall in the mm. shop right, and I think we might be getting some more really interesting ones because they've Word. got some weird stuff. Like son, other Sanzo flavors? Other, just even other brands that I've never seen oh. before. But right. this, oh, see, it did, no sugar added. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It tastes super net. I would say, uh, I'd say I'm getting a little bit of kiwi also. Like, um, like a little bit of like, if somebody... It, although without the sweetness, if somebody like sprinkled a lot of lemon juice onto a slice of kiwi, that's you know, the I more like. I li- the more I drink it, the more I like it. It's refreshing for sure. It is refreshing. It's tasty. It it seems like it would be good mixed with other stuff. Too. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a very good mixed. Yeah. Drink, mixed. <laughs> non alcoholic yes, drink. Of course, mixed with non alcoholic <laughs> things. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so what are, what are you rating it? How many bubbles? Give it three. Three? Three bubbles. That's actually what I was thinking. Yeah. Three bubbles. It's not like my, it wouldn't be my go-to, but yeah. I wouldn't hate it if somebody handed this to me. Yeah, I would definitely. Which is what happened. I would definitely, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, you, you would not. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Rochelle. Appreciate that. Rochelle, the... uh, with an O or an I? Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah. yeah. Same as Ryan's wife. Oh, there you go. Very yeah. Nice. Yep. One L or my... two? Two too nice yep all right it's my sister okay thank you rochelle with two l's for yep. this offering solid three <laughs> solid bubbles three bubbles for the sanzo calamansi <laughs> available at select shop right yes if you're in rio grande new jersey <laughs> <laughs> rio grande new jersey is yeah. that a town yeah it's in it's in uh, cape may <laughs> oh my goodness okay well that sounds good so all right, so today we are looking at Acts chapter 15. This is uh, the Jerusalem Council, as it is called, the first council of the, of the church. And uh, the way I have summarized the sermon is faith in Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I kind of kind of stole that language from Batesel. Who I'm pretty sure stole that from the internet. But. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're all about plagiarism here. <laughs> um all right, cool. So uh, just to, uh, on your announcements today, and keep in mind that now the Communities Extras video has has some uh, announcements on it too. So um, you don't have to do do them twice, of course. But handy dandy. Very handy. We aim to please. And and also the Community Extras videos are no longer me <laughs> filming Ryan with my iPhone between the services and hoping he speaks quickly because I realize like I start Your holding arm my phone. starts to yeah, shake. My arm, I'm like, please don't shake arm. I'm like, we're three minutes in. How much longer are you going to go? Yeah. Um, okay. So a uh, couple of the announcements. So just remember to pray for the 45th street ministry. This uh, went really well this Sunday. Yeah. Had a great and, kickoff. Yeah. It was a great kickoff. There's a lot. It's very physical. Yes. I feel like. Yeah. Like, I think parents are going to love it because yeah, like from that. the looks of it, those kids are going to fall asleep in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's blow up stuff. There's mats. Mm-hmm. Well, Heather's in charge. Heather's, Heather's in charge. Is, she used to run yeah. a gymnastics studio. So you've got some fun stuff happening back there. Seriously. Like we're, we're going to have some jacked, <laughs> very jacked next generation. The uh, middle school, we should start incorporating uh, 
weight training <laughs> high, school, <laughs> high, high school yeah um and then uh ringwood you guys get a barbecue on october 16th it's not a barbecue it's a cookout cookout sorry <laughs> where did i get the word barbecue did they call it barbecue they did call it a barbecue oh, okay. but ben has been adamant that it is a cookout because we are not oh, smoking right. any meat. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. We this are not. A, this is a <laughs> Ben Davis thing. This okay. is a Ben so Davis thing. It's it's a barbecue on New Jersey toast. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. There will be, there will be, dogs and yeah. burgers. But ben, I'm sure if there's not like, uh, smoked meats and uh, banana pudding with vanilla wafers in it, then it's <laughs> not properly a barbecue. <laughs> Although I I would show up for the smoked meats anyway. As would I. <laughs> it would be worth the trip. <clears throat> um, again, you can sign up for partnership with Patterson School Number Two on the Digital Bulletin web um, on our website. And then also another reminder to you guys: uh, if you want to do a servant's heart, uh, we could definitely we could definitely use that great tangible way to get your group involved in serving. Very cool. Uh, my icebreaker for this week: What was the best part of Big Day Out for you? Oh so. man. There you go. That's sad for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I missed it. Kristen's, Kristen has no answer to this. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I did watch the video. And oh, that was, that how was, was the video? The video was great. So that was your best part. That was my best part, and seeing everybody, everybody see uh, was, uh, what do you call it, baptized. Yes. <laughs> Forgot the word. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was almost creating a tragedy. I, there was a... Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I, I was riding around in the golf cart. Oh, I was no. Who gave stuff. you the keys? And, and, well, who did <laughs> I give the keys to? I gave the keys to, like, two guys in high school. Like, they, like, I, well. Smart I, move, yeah, Doug. Yeah, was, smart move. They were riding around with me. And they were like, let's see how fast this baby could go. And then, and then I hopped out. And I was like, all right, guys, have fun. And they, so oh, no. I realized afterwards that was not the best <laughs> idea ever. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So let's orient ourselves now with uh, what's going on in this text. Uh, I give you two nice paragraphs there to read to your group, which I shall now do for you. <clears throat> Last week, we discussed the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Saul was a staunch opponent of the early Christian movement before Jesus appeared to him and turned his life upside down. In the chapters that follow, the book of Acts recounts the early missionary work of Saul, now called Paul, and his companion, Barnabas, as they traveled throughout Asia Minor. Through them, God brought the gospel for the very first time to a number of important cities. Although most of their ministry took place in synagogues, a significant number of Gentiles embraced faith in Christ. At Pisidian Antioch, this happened even as the synagogue leadership was stirring up the cities against them. At Iconium, a church was planted that was comprised of both Jews and Greeks. At Lystra, many Gentiles believed, despite <coughs> widespread confusion over a miracle done by the hands of Paul, as well as efforts of some who had followed him into the city seeking to counter his missionary efforts. And all this gave, ample, gave them ample reason upon returning to their home church in Syrian Antioch, itself a melting pot, to joyfully report how God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And so well, I'll just note from that little uh, summary there, yes, there are two Antiochs, for those of you who are not aware. There's one that is in Syria, <laughs> Syrian Antioch, which is where Paul's home base is. Um, and then there's one a little bit further north in uh, Pisidia. 
So that's Pisidian Antioch. Good to know. Good to know. Helpful facts. Yeah. Shall I read the, the verses? You shall. So Acts 15, 1 through 5. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So, being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia Phoenicia, and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders— and we declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them to order them to keep the law of Moses. All right. Good job. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Now, for our first question, which is a head question, what is the significance of circumcision and why would Jewish teachers insist that it was essential for Gentile Christians? And uh, if... Uh, I give you a couple suggestions there as leaders that you might want to bring into the discussion here. Um, that the key passage that introduces the concept of circumcision is Genesis 17. And um, then also the fact that, um, you know, this, this does seem very like a very obvious question to us. Like, obviously, you don't need to circumcise Gentile believers. But that was not obvious to them. And, um, and... At this point, if you're a well-meaning Jewish person wanting to just keep the commandments of God, then, yeah, circumcision is a pull important thing. Why shouldn't we circumcise them? So yeah. just a heads up. So what is the significance of it? Well, the circumcision is a sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham, which yes. is, I guess, probably that passage, Genesis 17, 9 through 14. Aye, it is. And so, I mean, it makes sense to me that it would – to them be like, well, yeah, obviously, if we're going to uphold the law that God has given us, yep. this is like, and, and Christ has, like, he's the Messiah. So clearly, if you're following Christ, he's Jewish. Mm -hmm. You need to follow in his, in his and Moses's laws. Yeah. And it's not optional, right? Right. Like you're cut off from the covenant. If yeah. You're do it. Yeah. And the way that I kind of think of it, too, is like if you, um, that, that the, the people of God are those who uh, are the offspring of Abraham, um, and you can be, you can be incorporated into that if you're not biologically related to him, right? But, but everybody within that, everybody who constitutes the people of God, at least the, their males bear the mark of circumcision, yeah. and as we've mentioned before, it's because it is passed down biologically, right? So the part of the male. Not to be too graphic here, <laughs> that contributes seed, right, or offspring, which is the same word in both Greek and Hebrew, um, is marked with the sign of the covenant. And so, if we're saying, you know, these early Christians now, right? So, so you kind of picture the scenario this way: like, let's say you go and you're witnessing <coughs> to some guy in the market in the agora. And you lead him to faith in Christ and you're like, all right, now come come to synagogue with me. Right. Because that's where there are other people who have found Jesus, the Messiah are. And now every, now there's all these synagogue people and they're like, well, wait a minute. Like, what what do we do with the, what do we do with this? This guy like yeah. you're, you're going to come in here um, and 
are you a, if because if you're fully part of the people of God, then you need to be circumcised. Right. Um, this is really before the blurs, the blurs, the doors have oh, been blown open. The blurs, the, the doors have been blown open yeah. for the people of God to mean more than just. This is really before the realization that God's promise to Abraham to make all nations to yep. bless all nations through him. That's kind of like the gap. Yeah. Or the, the gap that needs to be bridged. Yes. With this question of circumcision. Yeah. And that's what the Christians believe are being is being bridged. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So now I think one thing that's a little bit uh, can be a little bit confusing about what's going on in this chapter is that. So um, I'm just trying. I don't want to get ahead of myself here or anything. But um, so if you guys heard the sermon and you've read Acts 15, you know their answer eventually is no, they don't have to be circumcised. But they Spoiler. Do have, but they do have to do a bunch of these other things, mm. right? Or like we recommend that you do these other things, right? And, and the reason that will be given is so that they don't give offense to Jewish people within the synagogues or and especially the ones we're trying to reach, right? So Jewish Christians. And um, so... Why those things, but not circumcision, right? Like, because circumcision is very important. Like, in fact, it's more important to Jewish people than not eating meat sacrificed to idols, um, not sexual, even sexual immorality, even uh, eating blood and things like that, right? Like, so what's the difference here? And the difference is that if you're a Gentile, okay, you're allowed in a synagogue, right? You can be in a synagogue and you can... Part, but you're not considered to be actually Jewish. Right. You're a God-fearing Gentile at that point, right? Um, so you do all those other things. And, and you would be, even if you're not Christian, right, you're expected to do those other things, right, to not give offense to the Jews. Right. But you're not expected to be circumcised. But the Christian claim is that, gee, my stomach is like growling <laughs> as I'm saying this. Um, my, uh, but the Christian claim is that those who, who believe in Jesus, in the Messiah, right, are fully incorporated into the people of God. And uh -huh. that requires circumcision. Right. See what I'm saying? So, so it's the mark of full inclusion to the people of God. Okay. So the claim that these guys are making is that, okay, you embrace Jesus and Messiah, but if you want to be truly now part of that Messianic community, clearly that would involve circumcision, which has always, since the days of Abraham— been the way in which somebody actually becomes a proselyte to Judaism. Mm. So then that's the Christian controversy, right? right? Is that it's not through that, it's through faith in Jesus right. that we become. And really, I mean that with the the other recommendations, it's that's those are just like good if you will cross cultural relationship. Yes. Builders. It's kind of missionary for the sake of missionary Yeah, members, yeah. and for the sake of peace and unity in the church. Right. Yeah. But not, it's not a matter of really identity. Identity. It's not even a matter of like the culmination mm -mm. of ethics either. Mm. Right? Like, I mean, obviously sexual immorality would be in there, but there's like other things Christians are ethically expected to do. Right. You know, but they're not like, and tell them not to steal and not to lie. And no, like, like there's, as you said, it's, it's, it's missionary in orientation. And it's also like, um, uh, um, conscience yeah. level stuff like within the, the Christian community. Okay. Awesome. Um, and uh, so, all right. So in the message at Ringwood, this is the next question. 
Ryan Franey, which I always feel weird writing. I feel like I, I, wish I <laughs> uh, you know, but it's like, yeah, how are you going to differentiate? We got two Ryans, two Ryans on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Pointed out that the journey from Antioch to Jerusalem is nearly 250 miles, which I have not confirmed. I just take Franey's word for it. So <laughs> I don't want to get any emails if one of you looks on a map and it's like, uh, why did, there is my stomach again. Why did he and Barnabas travel all the way to Jerusalem to consult with the apostles and elders? there over this issue why not address this situation through direct dialogue and debate as we see in his letters paul is not shy about contending for the truth himself right so why not just like you know duke it out with the guys there and you know what i mean why go all mm. the way to jerusalem to discuss this area of disagreement i mean i don't know what the answer is but my guess would be the the, the wisdom in numbers and like i think that's yeah Essentially, that the church is united, right? Yeah. That the leadership. It's not. It's not one guy calling the shots, yes, and it's not yes. like a cult yeah. that this, this is, is like important. this is as I say, and you'd go do it. It's right. like no, let's get together and make sure that we are on the same page and we're following exactly following the will it, of the Father. He, does, he doesn't want it to be like he. Uh, this is Paul's Paul's theology. Yeah. He wants it to be say this is Christian theology. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's unity within the church, unity within the apostles, yeah. It is interesting because Paul was a Pharisee. Yeah. So it's interesting that he lands so hard on the other side of yeah. of this mm -hmm. debate. You, yeah. you would think him to, he, of all people, to be like, yes, absolutely, yeah. circumcised. Yeah. But and, he's and he not. The, and in the, in the book of Galatians, he kind of does lean into that right mm. that like he of all people right should and and also philippians he does this he of all <clears> people <throat> if you would expect someone to land on the side of let's yeah. circumcise them um, <coughs> so that that helps yeah yeah um all right the the jewish teachers in question were teaching that circumcision and adherence to the law of moses was necessary for salvation today we are unlikely to encounter people who think this but that doesn't mean that similar errors don't still exist. What are some contemporary examples of the same kind of false teaching? Things that we must believe or do in order to be saved that people add to the gospel of God's free forgiveness in Christ. <laughs> yeah. Kind of depends on who you ask. It right? does depend on who you ask. Yeah. Ryan Franey has a different answer to this question than, yeah. than I would. Have yeah. you ever seen the t-shirts that say... Um, all I need is Jesus and coffee. <laughs> okay, so there's a good example. <laughs> coffee would be an example. Um, I mean, I think there's a whole list of things that could be considered like a, like a legal. I mean, it could fall into like a legalistic mm -hmm. lens. Yeah. But like, I don't know, just thinking of the easy ones off the top of my head would be like um, the way you speak, the way you dress the way you drink or don't drink or um what type of tv shows or books do you read or watch and just kind of what way do you vote <laughs> like yeah. yeah i don't know how a christian could that, that, right that, right? Yeah. right and but like all of those obviously like there needs a christian needs to do all of these things prayerfully and with wisdom and um not uh you know not just blatantly sinning in them, but there's there's room there's room for different differences here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
I think this time of year, <clears throat> Halloween, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you do? What do you Reformation do Day, Doug. Yeah, Reformation Day. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, was thinking, I don't dress up for Halloween. I dress up for Reformation Day. <laughs> yes. My daughter's birthday is the 30th of October. And so uh, oh. she always gets a trick-or-treating birthday <laughs> with nice. costumes. Yeah, super candy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot this year for Reformation Day. <laughs> That's my... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so um, lots of stuff. You know, people might also answer things from other religious traditions. Yep. Um, and just be a little bit careful with those because, like, um, sometimes if we don't have, like, great understanding of what those traditions actually hold uh you know roman catholicism comes to mind um obviously things like some of the cults um uh, uh jehovah's witnesses mormonism things like that they add a lot of stuff to the gospel yep. and, and things like that um but then you know you also have uh christian denominations that are very uh seventh day adventists and mm. stuff you know that they make stuff like very central and like you can't be part of us unless you do these mm. other things aside from speaking in to tongues the yeah. even yeah some some charismatic churches will yeah. do this and the, not all right because some will say like some say charismatic churches will typically say that speaking in tongues is evidence of the special work of the holy spirit in your life right? yeah and that like there's some experience that you cannot say you've had unless you've spoken in tongues now, those who say that that's like empowerment for service or something like that or greater levels of holiness, okay, I disagree with that, but like that's not like this level of error. Mm. There are some, though, particularly like hard, more hardline Pentecostals who will say things like if you don't speak in tongue, tongues, that, is no, that it's evidence of salvation itself. Right, yeah. And where if you, you can't really say a person's saved until they have. Right, because, right. Yeah. So... Yeah, so see what your group comes up with the, uh, for this. Um, yeah, and there's and remember, clearly a range of answers that yeah, you could and, discuss. And, and, and we're looking for things not merely that people think are like are like really important, but specifically for things that people will say that like there's reason to like you you're not you can't be of us. You're not in the Christian community truly if you do not do these things. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is just, that's just hard to swallow. It is hard to swallow, yeah. Unlike the uh, Sanzo Calamansi culture. Oh, he, he already finished his. Oh, yeah, I did. It's fresh. <laughs> I just was looking around for it. I was going to go. It's in the garbage. Okay. Um, all right. Read Acts 15, 6 through 11. Did you skip a question? Did I? Mm -hmm. uh, the Jewish teachers in question? Examples? No, we did. We just oh, we did? did oh. Yeah. <laughs> Good, I'm good. clearly paying attention. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay. No problem. All right. Acts 15, 6 through 11. Yes. You want me to read it? Yeah. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider <coughs> this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test? By placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. 
Okay, so here we have Peter being the first pope. Just kidding. Okay, um, here we see Peter twice affirming that salvation is by faith in Christ apart from works, uh, even such works as historically as historically important to the people of God as circumcision. Mm. Uh, d and, and, and there I point out verses 9 and 10 because notice that, that Peter twice affirms salvation by faith alone here. Okay, so uh, verse 9, he made no distinction between us and them having cleansed their heart by faith. Okay. Uh, notice there too, that's also, this is also an important thing about like a counter to the baptismal regeneration thing. Cause he's talking about, um, the household of Cornelius being, um, say being saved. Right. And just as that happens without them being circumcised, so does it also happen without them being baptized. Mm. So it kind of like puts baptism in the right, in the right yeah. frame. Um, cause I don't think, at, cause biblically baptism is not optional for christians right? right it's not like you need to be baptized if you're a christian yes but we should not confuse that with the moment of salvation with what salvation yeah with what actually gives salvation or mm -hmm. yeah the actual response to the yeah. gospel it's part of the response but the thing that actually saves is a person's faith of yep. course. and then you have it again he says it in verse 10 um uh where where um uh sorry verse 11 that should be verse 11 we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the lord jesus just as just as they will um so twice he, he affirms that there so yeah correct that so it's not 9 and 10 it's 9 and 11. can i just say that's what happens when i write stuff at 5 a.m <laughs> i never noticed that um he says in verse in verse 10 mm. um that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear the yeah. yoke that's so cool. What about that? Yeah. It's just, it's very I mean he's pointing out the 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 burden of the law and mm. that it was impossible for them to fulfill the law on their own. Yeah. Um without Christ. Yeah. It's, I just never noticed he said that. Yeah, yeah. Or it never stood out to me. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the um the unbearableness of the law is an interesting thing, right? Because clearly there were Jewish people who are living as faithful Jews, yeah. right? But actually being able to use it to attain salvation yeah. is another thing, which right. is kind of a misuse of the law in the first place. It's a misunderstanding. <coughs> yeah. um, so describe in your own words Peter's argument in verses 7 through 9 and explain how it is relevant to the question at hand. Yeah. So, okay, I will. Great, go ahead. All right, then I will. <laughs> All right, so again, Peter's referring to his encounter in, in Acts 10 with, the, uh, with Cornelius and those of his household. And... Uh, this is the first time when God um, uh, basically uh, really shows that he is um, that the gospel is going to the Gentiles. And the basic idea here is that um, God made a choice to do something, namely that the Gentiles should hear the word and believe. OK, so this is God's choice. This is God's initiative. And God knows the heart. Um, and gave them the Holy Spirit, just like he did to us. So um, they had the same experience of conversion that we did. They received the same spirit that we did, and, the, and that they did it by faith. Because uh, so, so God does this without circumcision to Gentiles. He does it by faith. So why, therefore, do you think that you should do differently than God did? Why are you putting him to the test, in other words, right? That God has shown us he wants it this way, 
and you're saying no we should do it the other way so it's essentially asking them are you going to be opposing god you know that it's it's a cute the argument is is that to do this is to is to um, circumvent the way that god has chosen to do things and to and to do it your own way so that's how i would summarize that nice thank you you are welcome you're very (laughs) welcome yes all right uh so next question in verse 10 peter says that requiring believers to submit to a yoke of circumcision and the law of moses amounts to putting god to the test by placing a yoke on their neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear as Kristen reminded us a moment ago. Yep, sorry. Didn't realize I was jumping ahead. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> Does this imply that Christians are not obligated to obey the ethical commands of God? Why or why not? <coughs> I, I like that, the way you phrase that question. Well, I'm quite a wordsmith. I mean, I don't so. have a, I don't have an answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I mean, the obvious answer is no. That yeah. I mean. It does, it does not imply that Christians are not obligated to obey the ethical commands of God. Right. However, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Um, again, I think we just have to keep in mind the context, right? That, yeah. the, uh, that the question <clears throat> is, to, in order to be saved, then it's most explicit there, right? That in verse, in verse 1, right? That the question is, unless you're circumcised, you cannot be saved. Yeah. Right. And then even like even the way it's um, kind of expanded. So, upon, yeah, I, I, I guess one way to, to phrase it is um, the like hmm, ethical commands of God would be well, you're saying well, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I'm saying is that is that the Jerusalem Council is not about um it's not about ethics. Yes. Right? It's about... It's about the... Out- how, how do you become saved right. slash part of the peop- the true people of right. God? It's the same thing. It's a different way of looking at it. Right? right. And so when he says, let's not place this yoke on their necks. Right. right he's talking about in order to be... Saved. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. That this is, a, this is an additional thing we're going to require of them in order to be saved. Right. It's got nothing to do with... Once you're part of the people of God, once you are saved, right. how you're to live your life. And there, really yeah, okay. So that's what I was yeah. trying to kind of say. And that's <laughs> like once you, that is how you're saved by faith. But then out of that flows how you act yes. differently in obedience to God's word. Yeah. And that's why. I the think question, that's what I was trying and, to say. And, and if you think about it, right, that is a very, like, that especially it works with the fact that circumcision is the question, right? Because no Jew would have thought, okay, God has saved me. Now let me go and get circumcised. Right. Right? No. It would like, have been the, op- I would the have other been, way around. I was circumcised when I was eight days because God chose me to be part of his covenant yeah. people. Right? Like, so in other words, it's initiatory. Right. How does someone get initiated into Christ? Right. Right? And it's, yeah. And it's, uh, and it is not through baptism. It's through faith that you're right. initiated into Christ. Right. Yeah. Did, can I just ask a, it might not be a stupid question, but can I just ask a question? Sure. Kind of almost unrelated. No problem. <laughs> I've got an idea too. But yeah. Um, when God first gave Abraham the promise, yeah. he had not yet given, told him to be circumcised. 
Uh, correct. Yeah, the initial promise comes to Abraham in chapter 12. Right. And then, in fact, this is part of the... And then in I chapter mean, so, I mean, Abraham himself and, was chosen well, before circumcision was... Exactly. This is very Romans 4 of you. Oh, thank That's you. That's exactly the argument Paul makes in <laughs> Romans 4, especially because not only chapter 12, where he initially receives the promise, but he initially receives the covenant and righteousness, right? Right. He believed All God, before he and it was got up and was circumcised. Yeah, and Paul says in Romans 4... How then was it reckoned to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith before he was mm -hmm. circumcised. So Paul specifically makes that point. Right. Right. That, that, that he got all of those things long before he it showed. Right. Like, so so Paul's point <clears throat> is that even even circumcision never really. Right. It almost seems more like the punctuation to the covenant. Like, yeah, this is all done. And yeah. now now you bear the mark of it. Yep. Yeah. I bet. But it's not. But circumcision is not really like an an, eth, an ethic in right. Judaism. Right. It's a it's what has been called in New Testament studies, a covenant boundary marker. Mm. Right. Okay. Like that's what that's how they knew, like who was in the covenant and who wasn't. <coughs> but it's mm. not really like. Uh, it's not ethical in the way that like we you shouldn't steal you shouldn't commit adultery stuff like that right you know? it's not like ten commandments stuff. yeah 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 and you know what came to mind uh, I heard two uh, I've got two new dad jokes oh boy I want to give us like a little bit of a, of, a, of an interlude here buckle up people yes that's right <laughs> um uh so okay first one is. Uh, why are koala bears considered bears? I don't know. Because they have the right qualifications. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Are you ready for my second one? Yeah. Okay. Where can you find a dog that doesn't have any legs? I don't know. <laughs> right where you left him. Oh, boy. Uh, waka, waka, waka. Okay. So we'll, with that intermission complete... <laughs> Right. You guys are wishing yes. this podcast had ads at this point, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. Peter's insistence on faith alone for salvation is clear. And yet this didn't result in a church full of people who rejected God's will for their lives and simply did their own thing. How has God's free grace in Christ motivated your obedience to God's will? All right. Yeah, so like how how is it that grace leads to obedience in your own life? I mean <laughs> when you look at when you, when I look at my life and I see how much grace has I mean grace is grace is everything. It's the reason that I've got anything that I have. Yeah. And so I live out of that thankfulness. Mm. To having received such grace. So it's a, the, 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 the gratitude aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, that's only a piece of it, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wait, can I just ask another question? Yeah, yeah. So Peter and Paul are clearly on the side of not circumcising Gentiles. Yes. I feel like their word is pretty high up there. Yeah. Who are they? Who is arguing with them? Yeah. Well, uh, it doesn't really say. In fact, it, it says some men came down from Judea. It doesn't. That that there 
Uh, they don't even well, get names. Okay, so there's two people making the claim. In I this, just right? think it's... it's there's <laughs> people who come to Antioch, so those might not even be believers. Those okay. might just be Jewish people okay. who are like, hey, you Christians. They might be believers, but they're just called men, right? Whereas uh, in the ones in verse 5 who who are in Jerusalem apparently saying this, um, they're they're called believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees. Gotcha. Well, it so, just seems pretty but, bold to argue with Peter and well, Paul here's the thing. on this matter. Uh, yeah, and this maybe applies more to Peter, but like if you think about it, imagine if you're a, a like a Pharisee that becomes a Christian, right? Uh-huh. Um, like Paul. Like like Paul, right? But now let's say you're like a the kind who wants people to be circumcised, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and your apostles are fishermen who like have not never been formally taught in the law of Moses, uh-huh. right? At least not like you have, uh-huh. right? They don't know the rabbinic debates as well and things like that, right? Like, yeah, you're like, I could really do a service to the church here. Uh-huh. You know, I can really show them what it means to live as God's covenant so, people. It's funny because to God me, when I equipped me with this, He's it seems this like faith. they're just doing what like they're so used to doing. Yeah, yeah they're used to as doing Pharisees. It. Yeah. And, like, a, and the Pharisees are not like some monothetic no. like, unit where like anybody who's a Pharisee is just like a complete jerk. No, right? no. Like, um, but it's 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 what they've spent their whole lives yes. dedicating themselves yeah. to the law and I'm teaching an the law so and how. Yeah, what this. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the reason they're not making a big deal is just because they're not schooled enough in the law. Mm. They don't know it well. Gotcha. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems pretty bold. Yeah, yeah. It to does to argue with Peter and Paul, yeah, who yeah. Paul saw Jesus but, but also, and also Peter like, walked um, with Jesus. Also, like Paul, that's a yeah, that's a good point. Um, we think of Paul as this like huge towering figure because you know we see it in hindsight. We kind of see the whole picture. Mm. But if you're living right now, right, like who is Paul? He's this a, guy, who, a Pharisee like, who's not a Christian. He was a Pharisee. Um, and now he's a, some Christian who leads Bible studies at Antioch. Yeah. And he was a missionary, planted a bunch of churches. But that's like all we know about him. Yeah. He's not like this guy who's written how New Testament New Testament doesn't even exist now. Right. You know, maybe maybe the letter of James has been written by mm. this point. None of Paul's letters have been. That's crazy. You know, to think about that. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, we should probably move on. All right. Yeah. So, um, why is it important for? Wait, we need to read. We do need to read. Acts do you want me to 15, read? This it's a good chunk. Oh boy, it's a good chunk. I don't know if I can much. get through it without coughing. How about you want to read to verse twenty-one and then I'll wait. That is it. <laughs> that is how oh, funny. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you read. You, if you want to read, you can read, and then I'll pick up. Where all right. All right. And all the assembly fell silent and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by 
by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Goodness. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is read for he is read by every Sabbath in the synagogues. Goodness, yeah. why is that, was that so hard for me to it's read? It's a tongue twister. It was. She sells seashells at the seashore. Bravo. All right. Very nice. Did you, there, was a, there was this old kids in the hall skit where... Um, you lost the, me already. The kids in the hall was like, <laughs> kind of like a Saturday Night Live. But okay. Like a little bit more Monty Python-ish, I would okay. say. Uh, kind of unique. And they had this one skit where somebody, uh, hypnot- where this hypnotist does this thing to, and to make them snap out of it. They you have to you give a key word, hmm. but the key word was see she sells seashells at the seashore, so they couldn't, couldn't snap out couldn't of it. Snap out of it because the guy couldn't say it. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Why is it important for James to bring in an Old Testament passage testifying to God's intention to incorporate the Gentiles into the people of God, especially one that foresees the rebuilding of the tent of David that has fallen? Because everything we should we do should come back to Scripture and the Word of God. It's already the revealed Word of God. Very true. Very true. Moving there, on. There no. you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's kind of like, you know, since we're talking Old Testament stuff, right, since we're talking Bible stuff, uh, yeah, he, he's like, it's appropriate to, to, to cite this. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that, like, not only is... This essentially supplements what Peter is saying, right? Because Peter just testified to how they've experienced these things. And now James is like, oh, and yeah, this is the fulfillment of this promise that we see in the Old Testament. Here's an example of that. That So it's not just merely what they've seen happen. So you've got the testimony of the Spirit and you've got the testimony of the Scriptures that this is happening. Mm. And note how much, remember how I said that like a part of, Peter's argument is how this is a thing that God is doing. Who are we to oppose it? Notice how many eyes are in this, right? I will return. I will rebuild. I will rebuild. I will restore, right? This is the God doing all these things. And so it's, it's very much like, you know, uh, we're on God's side with this. Yeah. And now as for the part where like, especially one that foresees the rebuilding of the tent of David, that this is uh, not just, some disconnected thing that God promises to eventually do, but that this will accompany the 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 messianic age, mm. the age when David's great descendant will come to rule over God's people. So would they have realized at this point that that was Jesus rebuilding the tent of oh, David? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, Jesus made it pretty to, clear, to but they missed him, it that time. Well, to call him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at this point, to call him Christ. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, like hmm. anybody who confesses okay. Jesus is the Christ sees him as the fulfillment yep. of this text. And the idea here is that it's like part of this promise to bring the Messiah and to rebuild the, quote, tent of David that has fallen, mm-hmm. meaning that is in exile yep. or, or will be going into exile. Um, Amos is not yet. Uh, Amos is a pre-exilic prophet. Um, accompanying that as part of that messianic thing is the in is the com- coming in of the the incorporation of the Gentiles that's happening. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Yeah. So I like. I mean, it's still. It's just another illustration that it's not just one guy or even a group of guys in a room making these decisions. It's yeah. they're referring back to the weight of what God yeah. is doing, both in Scripture and um, in in what they're observing. So, so they're and constantly seeing. trying to ground these decisions that they're making in things that are greater than themselves. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yep. In verse 14, James says that from the Gentiles, God has taken a people for his name. This speaks to the fact that God is glorified by saving people who are far off from him. God wants to be known for bringing salvation to people who seem hopelessly lost. How can this help you in your efforts to reach those who seem unreachable with the gospel? I think not writing people off as a lost cause. Yeah. You know, that's huge. Uh, be careful whom you burn bridges with. You should never burn bridges with people, or, or um, you know, or or presume that just because somebody lives a certain way as an unbeliever, mm. that they're further away from from faith in Christ than somebody who maybe lives a cleaner life or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that and because God is God is the one who is glorified by saving them. Right. He will if he desires that, you know, yeah. he, he, he will bring that about. And it's not up to me to change anybody's mind or anybody's no, heart. Yeah. It's it's totally in so his it's hands. Like they'd be easier for me. So they're easier for God, right? Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay. Given that God has justified both Jews and Gentiles by faith, James could have said, Therefore, we declare that nothing shall be required of Gentile converts. But he doesn't. Instead, he says that they should abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. Why? By the way, what has been strangled is essentially the same thing as the from blood. Okay. Right? So it means um, animals that are not killed by draining their blood. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so eating food that's been strangled is food that's not been properly killed. Hmm. <coughs> um. I mean, the first couple seem obvious to me, mm-hmm. polluted by idols and sexual immora- immorality. My guess is that at this time, this is what will still make them stand apart from the surrounding culture and what is really common um, in the area. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. Roman rule, right? And yeah. so... Caesar is like the cult leader, essentially, and there's mm-hmm. lots of gods that are being followed and sacrificed to um, and lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so all these things would set them apart from the broader culture. Espe- yeah, and especially in light, in light of, <clears throat> of the Jewish people who are, mm-hmm. you know, whom they're trying to be a part of at this point. Yeah. yeah. In fact, um, if you look at verse 21 at the reason why it's given... Right, like the reason why, notice the word for is what begins that sentence. Mm-hmm. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he's read every Sabbath in the synagogues. So basically the reason being that there are people present um, who know Moses, who are from Moses, right? So these are the things that they consider particularly important for the Gentiles who are close to the Jewish community be to be in. So like this is as acceptable to them as you can get without submitting to circumcision. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's it's not. uh, So, so I I think it's as, as we said earlier, essentially two things. 
it's evangelistic mm-hmm. that you're not putting unnecessary stumbling blocks in front of the Jewish people we're trying to reach. And number two, uh, it also will promote peace within the congregations that already exist. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but although circumcision, what they're essentially saying is, of course, like circumcision would totally take care of that problem. But that's a problem we're willing to have because of what circumcision actually is, mm. because that is incor- the, the means of being incorporated into the people of God, which is no longer valid because of Christ. Like, right. in other words, circumcision is antithetical to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Saying I join God's people by doing this is different than um, uh, it, 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 that that is substantively different than saying I join God's people by faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's circumcision that a much bigger problem. Well, one of these two kind of. Well, okay, let's read the next one. If these things are chosen because they will not give offense to Jewish people, thus creating harmony inside the church and with Jewish outsiders, why not include circumcision? Yeah. And part of me feels, I mean, like, good point. I hear you there. But the abstaining from things polluted by idols, sexual immorality, those things, like, are an outpouring of a heart that has been changed or, or could be an outpouring of our but they're also more out out there they're out there for people to see that you are doing these things or you're not doing these things Mm -hmm. where circumcision i mean yeah 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 yeah, like it's not exactly like something that's out there so like even who knows Mm -hmm. like like it's not like they're checking at the door (laughs) right 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 yeah it it is visible and so it it is uh relational these are these are things (laughs) that get in the way of relationship I think the, 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 the point that I'm just trying to, to emphasize here, to underscore here, is that, as I said earlier, think of the Gentile who gets converted and then is invited into the early Christian community, which at this point is very close to the Jewish community, if not like in the synagogues itself. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, when you read about Paul's journeys, they're actually like you see them like minist- doing their ministry in the synagogues, right? So let's say Paul converts some guy, brings him, as I was saying earlier, right, brings him now to, to one of these early Christian meetings. Um, and and he's like, oh, he's a Christian. He's in the Messiah, which means he's not just visiting. He's actually part of the people of God now. Okay. Then the question, of course, is, well, he's Gentile. Is he circumcised? Right. And the the whole point of the gospel is that doesn't matter. Yeah. You're part of the people of God by faith in Jesus, right. apart from works of the law. Right. Whereas the, the Jewish people are going to say, no, 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 no. So um, so the, the thing is, is that the least you can do, you should do is make sure that those Gentiles, like because we're not going to say circumcision's OK, because that's antithetical to the gospel. But what we will say is let's let, at least not have them, you know, consuming blood um still engaging in sexual immorality, which is wrong on other meat grounds as well, right? And um, making sure they're not eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols and things like that. Let's, let's at least make sure that these people who are now being incorporated into the early Christian movement are not doing things that are particularly offensive. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> so, right. Acts fifteen twenty two to 20, um, sorry, 15... 
22 to 35. Yeah. You can read that. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, for the, for um, one thing I do want to know is that that leader's note after that last question we just did, uh, I do list a number of texts in Acts that show Gentiles in the synagogue. So mm. it's like, oh, I thought the synagogue was just for Jewish people. No, Gentiles could participate in the synagogue. Well, I mean, even there's in the Old Testament, too, there's... Uh, like sojourners and stuff? Yeah, there's provisions made for people yeah. who are not of Jewish. Yes, yeah, different, yeah, yeah, they're, and they receive special care under the law, yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even at the temple, there's a court of the Gentiles. Yes, that's what I'm, that, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, okay, so uh, Acts 50, 15, 22 35. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, uh, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instruction, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than those requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and what has been, from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they <coughs> delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. Can I make a quick suggestion here about these lengthier passages? Um, uh, something you could do in a small group. Because if you have a lengthy passage and someone just starts reading, uh, it's very easy for like all the other people in the group to maybe tune out a Zone. little bit. Yeah. Um, one thing you could do is say, we're each going to read a verse and go around in a circle until the passage is done. So one person takes a verse and then the next. That way everybody's looking, everybody's reading along. You're not saying that because I just zoned out, right? No, no. No, no I'm no. kidding. I, I didn't. I followed along. I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> not to say anything about you. <laughs> No, but as I'm reading, I'm like, wow, I'm talking for a long time. I, I can imagine people who are, you know, yeah, uh, who are, you know, not, not following that well. Yeah. So that's a good way to do, like, large chunks of scripture is to, to go around and have everybody read uh, one verse. So why do you think the apostles and the elders sent Judas and Silas to travel back to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas? Yes, and I actually give you the answer here because I feel like this is one that's a little bit, might be a little bit trickier, and I acknowledge that not everybody listens to the podcast. <laughs> so the answer here, Paul and Barnabas represent one side of the disagreement, right? Mm -hmm. 
the dis- and you can imagine what it'd been like if like they come back with a letter oh and it just happens yeah. exactly what we've been telling you yeah right so the decision is likely to show unanimity between paul and barnabas and the christian leadership in jerusalem so sending these others to encourage them was a visible testimony to the unity yeah. of the church that's what i would have said yeah even not knowing that awesome <laughs> more more people more test more uh <laughs> More truth? I don't know. People, more, more <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, why is it important to show you unanimity? How do you say that word? <laughs> you can do it. I can't do it. Unanimity. <laughs> right. I can't do it. Unanimity. <laughs> Among the churches in the central beliefs of the gospel. Is it enough to merely be right and present the truth? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this actually sounds a lot similar, very similar to a question I asked earlier. I didn't realize that. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not right. Like, you don't want it, and that that goes in a lot of things, right? Like, um, let me just give like an example that's fresh in my mind because I've been looking into a lot of like Catholicism and stuff like that recently in preparation for next summer sessions. But like, um, and a lot of these conversations, it'll be like, well, let's see what like the early fathers of the church thought, or the early councils like Nicaea and Chalcedon and stuff like that. And as Protestants, we could be like, nigh who? Cal who? Right? And be like, I, I've oh, never, really? I could care less about those early councils. Really? I don't know. I feel like that a lot of people, like, it's not the hugest idea, the, the biggest deal for people. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think you underestimate I'm us, not Doug. Me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying you either. I'm just saying, you know, that, that there is important to know that, like, this is, like, that this is, his, <clears throat> that there's historic. You're standing, yeah. You're standing on on the backs of of a, a history of right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not just kind of a lone wolf being like declaring this is true. Yeah, yeah. And I'm right. Exactly, exactly. It's not so when I when I proclaim like the deity of Christ, right? It's not mm-hmm. something that I just came up with in my quiet time right. by saying like you know, my Bible's like no. This is something that it's like, a good measuring stick it's a, good alongside. Measure. Obviously, alongside of scripture, it's a good measuring stick to make sure you're on the right, yeah, uh, on the right path and not becoming. Yeah. So and so exactly. Holy. And it's not just temporally, right? There's mm. also like if my church thinks something that no other church really believes, or that you need to drive like to other states to find people, right? Like, <coughs> like it's not saying that like obviously it's not. I'm not saying that like numbers determine truth or anything, but. Like, it's a big reason for pause if there's no agreement or not a lot of agreement on the things right. that you believe. Well, I mean, I think, so, for instance, there's a temptation, I think, for a lot of pastors to, or even, like, authors to have, like, the new revelation. Yeah. Uh, like Because like, it makes them interesting. Right. Yeah. And it's what people are drawn to. Like, wow, I never... Like, I never knew that yeah. about what the Bible said. And it's like this whole new interpretation. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, is it is it new and exciting because it's false? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you've never heard it because Who it's not true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, and so uh, I think, yeah, you it's just because, I don't know, the gospel, it's, it's the living and breathing word of God. And yeah. it's the same every week, but it's just as exciting every week. And exactly. And I think another good example of that is, um, you know, think of, uh, you know, churches, ministries, pastors, church leaders who oftentimes oftentimes try to sync up 
current events, events currently happening with things that are foretold in scripture, mm. right? Like, I think it's particularly susceptible because uh, to, to, to this kind of thing. And it's not to say that this is an argument for them being wrong, but it is a cause for concern if you should say, wait, are any other pastors seeing this? Are any other theologians thinking this? Or is mm -hmm. it just you? You're the one who came up with this and is making these connections. Uh, and you're right and everybody else is yeah, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you just happen to be right about this. Yeah, like like that's a legitimate question asked. That yeah. might not be the only question that you right. ask, but it's legit. It, it, it is... You should pump the brakes when you see one person saying something that nobody else says mm. about it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. All right. We are reminded in this week's passage that although we are free in Christ, sometimes it is wise to put those freedoms on hold in order to one, promote unity within the church and two, not give unnecessary offense to those whom we are trying to reach. Leaders. Uh, this should not be taken to imply that all the things listed on the council's letter are optional matters of conscience. Certainly, this is not the case with sexual immorality. It is likely because of the overly sexualized Roman world that the apostles and elders felt it necessary to be explicit about this. Yeah. So what are some freedoms that you have given up so as not to give offense to people with weaker consciences? I don't know. I'm usually the weaker conscience. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen was very offended by the by like how I was tying my shoelaces. She's like, "You use a double knot. You need to just trust the Lord that your shoes are going to stay tied." Yeah. Uh, no. I um, think though. I mean, an example of me being the weaker one. Though I used to be able to watch a lot more. I used to be able to just like handle more violence, more you know, like whatever on TV. Yeah. And now I'm like G rated. <laughs> no, now like it's it's funny because over over time as I've matured in my faith, I am not able to enjoy even movies that used to be some of my favorite movies. I think that's a, yeah, that's a, and I think that's a good, very good thing. I, I think it's a good thing, but I don't expect, but I don't expect like you yeah. to be like. <laughs> I'm still going to watch Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will not join you for that. <laughs> but, you tell which yeah. of us is the more sanctified. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, I mean, I, in that case, I, I would be considered the more weaker one. Um, but um, yeah, just I'm not going to join you for some, mm. some viewing things that might be totally fine for you to watch yeah 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 not to yeah it's hard because like <laughs> everybody has to it, it, these things are not easily easy uh, easily answered and it, obviously like there's some things that i do i do think that there comes a point in which if we're on the topic of entertainment where we do have an ethical obligation at some points that that there are some things that no we shouldn't be mm. there should be unanimity that like christians shouldn't be entertained by yeah. and things like yeah. that so like well, it's fine because like my husband and I were even on different pages on this. He's mm. like, it's fake. Like, it's so fake. And I'm like, I can't uh, handle the violence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how can you watch this? Um, so even that, like he uh, like I and I wouldn't say like those are inappropriate things for him to watch. I can't think of like an example of the title, but yeah. um, 
it's just I I can't handle it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I think of like another. I, for me, I went to like a really conservative Bible college, and um, I mean not like ultra, but like pretty conservative. And I remember like we weren't allowed to go to movies, we weren't allowed to watch movies in oh, our dorm geez. rooms. Uh, we weren't allowed to go dancing. You couldn't, uh, obviously, no drinking and stuff. Really? My, my college had a swing club. Uh, did it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. we Yeah, you could have gotten thrown <laughs> out. You would have gotten thrown out for it, you heathens. <laughs> um, well, you went to Eastern. So yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I am a heathen, <laughs> clearly. You know, and, uh, yeah, and I, I know that um, – uh, and – during that time, like, there were some people who were like, yeah, screw this. And you can, like, hear, like, a movie playing under their door or <laughs> they're watching on their computer. And, and I'm not going to say, like, I never went over to the dark side. But in general, like, I followed the that. And because I thought it was a good exercise to be like, look, here are some things that, like, I don't really – necessarily agree with us not like i couldn't watch sesame street if i wanted to you know it wasn't even like you can't watch stuff that's garbage it was just i mean have you seen sesame street well I mean, it wasn't that wasn't the case in, i used in to love it as a kid and now when i put it in for my kids yeah, i want to pluck my eyes out it hasn't changed you know what i'm saying though so <laughs> it didn't matter what you watch i could yeah been, let's say i could have been watching like uh i don't know uh, veggie tales the jesus um, the jesus the movie, jesus movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all i watch is the passion of the christ in here no like i um it could have been anything and but i thought it was good for me because it was good exercise in putting aside preferences to be able to do this yeah you know uh to be able to um you were much more mature than me when i was in college <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was um yeah it was so it was helpful um uh yeah. Uh, all right. So last question here. What are some ways that God might be challenging you to do this in other areas of your life? Uh, to put aside preferences for the sake of other people's, uh, for the sake of other people's consciences. Um, well, I know he constantly is with me in terms of like, um, like in terms of uh, consuming alcohol. Mm. You know, like I do feel free of my conscience to do, to partake in you know if if i'm with people that i know and i i actually drew up like like a, a list of like standards that like i try to abide by um with 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 drinking hmm. and everything um because i know that like it, it can be a big issue but i think like that's that's like an ongoing thing it was like who do i whom will i drink alcohol in front of and things like that mm. Also, I like cigars, uh, you know, I'm not like George Burns like, all, all the time or anything. But. I used to, I still actually do love the smell of pipes. There you go. But anytime I'm around somebody smoking a cigar, like yeah. I get nauseous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but pipes, my great grandfather always had a pipe and it's very nostalgic to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that memory, that, that uh, associative memory. Yep. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think... For me, it's almost more in terms of like how I am with my kids and what type, like what, just like what goes on in our house. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to have higher standards just because of like in my home for what we watch, yeah. or what, how we talk, what we do because of the age my kids are at. Mm -hmm. 
and that might shift and change as they get older and more mature and that sort of thing. But, um, I mean, that's the closest relationship for me right now. And, um, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're, they aren't, uh, this falls on them too, (laughs) even though they're little. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) As their main disciple. Yeah. So setting an example. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. My parents actually did this. Uh, They did not drink alcohol. We never had alcohol in our house Hmm. until I turned 21. Oh my goodness. And I'm the youngest. Until you were until, until the I was, was 21. I was 21. Holy cow, I never and they that. never yeah. Wow. And it was it was actually pretty funny. My dad had had shoulder surgery uh-huh. after my 21st birthday and we were getting stuff for Christmas and uh <laughs> <laughs> me we went to the liquor store together and uh we were we were shopping, you know, stocking up for our Christmas dinner. Uh-huh. My dad goes, "Go get a cart." So I went and I got a basket and I came back and he was like, what are you doing? Go get a car. Oh <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. He totally, we did not need as much as we got. That but it was, crazy. that was a mind blowing uh, wow. <laughs> moment for me to realize my parents drink. I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah. Never had alcohol in the house until I turned 21. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a high standard. It, that, that, is, <laughs> that, that is something. That's, that's, that's one way to do it for sure. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for prayer, uh, a couple things. Praise God for enabling us to come to him solely on the basis of faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Secondly, pray <laughs> that the Lord would heal both of us of our sickness <laughs> and would reveal to you how to not put stumbling blocks in the way of others within the church as well as those he's calling you to reach. And finally, pray for those in Florida whose lives have been devastated by Hurricane Ian and for the church's timely <coughs> and appropriate response. So, uh, listen, I, I, I know that this week, I don't know if any of you feel this way, but Acts 15, I feel, is a fairly challenging passage to teach um, and to understand and communicate. So, you know, um, this, is, um, this is not like entry level, uh, var- uh, junior varsity, as Batesel would say. So... Um, so thank you for, um, for, for, for teaching this week and for all the hard work that you'll be doing in, in preparation and everything. And I hope this was helpful to you. And if you made it this far, congratulations. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lengthy one. So you get a sticker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a, the, the dad jokes. That's what it was. The da- it, it was the dad jokes. Right. That's right. And I've got, there's more where that came from. So. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, it's good, good to be back with you guys, as I said last week. And uh, until next time, adios. Bye-bye.